0: Glad you could join us for this exciting podcast from the EnviroSuite.
1: So welcome back everyone, uh, welcome to the EVS's podcast series. I'm Matt, joined with Kathleen and uh, Simon, and we're giving you, um, or bringing you Suite and environmental intelligence on a plate. If you haven't heard our first episode, um, feel free to have a look through and listen to it again. We gave a quick introduction to ourselves, EnviroSuite, what we stand for, and some interesting stuff on EI and environmental intelligence we're talking about on the way through. And something we'd love to dig into our next segment on this podcast is the attitudes. Like we discussed just then, the changing complaints are changing. Like interesting people were complaining about flight training, where you we say we've had a period now of extended low noise in effect, or well, the noise coming back, although it's going back to how it was. Will that be new noise for people? Different things coming out. The other thing we'll have to address
2: is the fleet mix will change. A lot of aircraft are still in storage. And when they all come out of storage, these are all larger aircraft at the moment. You know, well, all the small ones. Are flying, the benefit so. is the fleet is
0: quieter. The disbenefit is they're going to fly more flights. So you've got that trade-off between frequency and, and, and level. It is a fascinating
1: world. So one of the things I'd like to dig into from our first segment was kind of the why behind our attitudes and why they've changed in COVID. And for me, kind of being maybe a frustrated psychologist, being an engineer, I want to understand what's going on. So a topic I find really interesting is psychoacoustic factors. And the way that's broken down is the acoustic and non-acoustic arguments you see. And when you dig into that, it's really interesting. You kind of break it into two areas. So that first acoustic factor is kind of what stimulates me to look up. So being an geek, if I see a plane or a helicopter fly, especially now because it's very quiet, I want to look at it and see what's going on. So there's like a see, a hear, and a feel action. There's like an instantaneous reaction to an aircraft. If you look at it from a slightly different way, like I was working recently and I, I live near a small airport and I was on a meeting and a helicopter was just flying around my house. Like I could hear it, I could see it my belief factor around that was really annoying like it was annoying but it was interrupting my call and if i then apply the long-term like psychoacoustic factors to that i could think that maybe that's impacting my work if it happens at night maybe it's impacting my sleep and my health and it's that sort of beliefs association with that noise is really powerful and what drives a lot of the changing uh, attitudes to noise and you dig into it that could be 80 percent of the annoyance what i find really interesting here is that those factors are really influenced by things such as like knowledge operation why is it happening perceived control like can I can I influence it can I send it away or not in the case of my helicopter probably not but also do I understand how it's gonna change in the future and Kathleen you had a great example of kind of the changing attitudes around this just by filling in people's knowledge
2: we did it an interesting case study in this space so there's a lot of uh, helicopter activity at nighttime and something that we hear about quite often through complaints or or other mediums. Um, so in this case we're talking about Medivac Mercy flights that operate in and out of night. They operate anytime they want, essentially. And then we've got case studies of people that complain about them. So basically waking up in the middle of the night saying, my sleep was disrupted, you know, this is impacting my health, it's it's annoying, it's happening at any time of the night. And then so what we're finding is the, the education space for these people. So once, they, once it's explained to them that you know, these are medical flights, there are potentially saving lives of people on board these flights, that's the reason they're operating. They're not doing it because they just feel like it in the middle of the night. And then so what we find from that is then there's more acceptance and changing attitude of those people who previously complained. So there is just more acceptance because they are again, more accepting of the fact that it's a medical
1: fly. And it's really targeted that non-acoustic factor of education. You're saying like as soon as the noise is what kicked them off, the acoustic factor targeted a reaction. that was annoyance. But as soon as they had the non-acoustic belief behind sort of the understanding of why it was happening, that managed to manage the audio. The audio hasn't changed in that scenario. They're still flying. They're still interrupting that person's sleep, but they now understand why it's happening. Yeah. And that's the real powerful thing.
0: I think you're saying that attitudes are an amplifier of... How people respond, and part of what we are trying to do is, is take data sets and give them context and that context is informing people that this is happening for a reason it's not accidental and somebody has designed this outcome and they've designed and so long as every audience of that narrative feels that they were considered there's, there's going to be a sense of well that's all right because what what you don't want is that a community that's outraged that they won't consider, that they are victims of whatever big industry tried to do. So what I like about our attitude as EVS is that we are saying, well the data sets have a narrative that this was intended. And if we can get that messaging out in understandable ways, so we talk about the science of DBs. It isn't DBs that anyone understands. It's the the conversation that says I'm being over at the moment because I'm near a hospital and I've got emergency missions going on, and that makes sense to me. I can forgive that.
1: And let's not forget the aviation industry and actually most industries around the world are actually very complicated. Like the way they operate, the way they interact with other things around the airspace or around the local neighbourhood is complicated. It's hard to explain sometimes. And I think that's one of the real strengths of one of our tool sets is bringing that EI to not just the industry, but to the consumer and the, the wider public. And you say, we can bring data sets in context with maps or tailored to you. Like the one thing I really love is the websites we provide. So you can put in your location if you're around one of the airports that's in the program and get your information for your area. See how many flights are flown you, not just now, but in the past. And that's really important as we come through the COVID period is that we've had a long period now of relatively low flights, like that flights coming back could well be considered new noise, new impacts, because it's just unknown to us. But with these tool sets, we can help to explain to people that it may seem like it's new, but actually this is how it's been and how it's changing for you. What we
2: do with those tool sets as well is we're giving the information to people, people. We're, we're providing it in a way that it's readily available for them, it's easy to understand, and there's lots of different metrics of information that they can obtain. And they can do that on their own, you know, without reaching out to the airport or the air nav providers, or you know, contacting Mercy Flights, yeah. you know, they can find all this information themselves. Self-education,
1: and that's the real power behind it. Is you get that information at your fingertips in a really understandable way. Like we're not just a flight tracker. There's a whole heap of other data behind that you can access, understand, educate yourself, and really influence the or understand how the industry works. I think one of the
0: things that we want people who listen to this podcast to understand is that in the end, it's humans that we care about. We use people in a technology stack to try and get some insights, but we catch a sentiment. Sentiment is the complaint that's been reported. And then you transfer that into a metric that says, well, let me anticipate that this behaviour is going to cause a negative sentiment. And what you're telling is the story that sentiment and attitudes change. One of the joys of my life is that the tolerance has come down. We keep creating lower and lower standards of things that are acceptable to us. That's improvement. So our planes are getting quieter. Our planes are getting less polluting. And we are bringing down the hurdle, or increasing the hurdle, whichever way you look at it. But the, the target we are aiming for is better than it was before. And the thing that I really care about is that our society expects us to do better tomorrow than they did today. EnviroSuite says that's possible. Measure it. See the trend. And our teams care. And they put the narrative of why we're designing something differently because if you never accept change, you can't get to a better future.
1: And it's not just our teams as well. We've got loads of case studies we like to bring you over this podcast series of our customers, other people in the industry who've done some really interesting stuff in this space, are tackling these psychoacoustic factors head-on to drive a better outcome for all. As we come to the end of our second podcast, I want to say thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, If you want to find out more, you can go to our website, envirosuite.com, and we have more available on our socials. We're quite active on places like LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. So check us out there, and if not, we'll see you soon.
0: Please join us for the next conversation.